The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Thank you to our amazing listeners and our sponsors for your support. If you have any questions or comments, please send it to info at theabstractathlete.com. want to thank my buddy and his band Photosynthesizers for providing the music for today's episode. Make sure to check them out on iTunes and Bandcamp. Reminder, please listen to the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C, and One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, for information on subscription boxes and other upcoming events and workshops. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Super pumped about the podcast today as I chat with a former national champion for the Ohio State Buckeyes, an NFL vet, a podcaster, a TV personality, and entrepreneur, Jay Richardson. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at J underscore Richardson 99 and on Twitter at J Richardson 99. And keep an eye out for his newest project with his former teammate, Maurice Claret. It's called The Champ Program. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter. Let's welcome Jay Richardson. Hey, can you hear me? Yes. There we go. I was trying to, to get my headsets queued up here, make sure we're good. Yep. All right, awesome. Look at you with all oh. that uh, comic book stuff next to you. Oh yeah, this is my so this is my comic Zoom room right here. You That's, can see you got my uh, no, I I'm was a huge, <laughs> I was I'm a huge I, nerd man. I was no, I was gonna talk to you about that because Daryl said. By the way, I am recording. I I jump right in, but yeah, Daryl said awesome. Daryl said you're a hell of a drawer. <laughs> yeah, I used to I used to be a little bit of a so you're gonna a little bit to, of an artist in my you're day. You're gonna have to join the crew, son. <laughs> Dude, let's do it, man. How you been? It's good to see you. Uh, you as well. I'm awesome, man. Just busy, busy. Uh, was just in St. Louis last weekend at a art exhibition there. So um, back in nice. Richmond, and then like I said, I'm coming up um, next. I think next Friday to be there for a couple days, and we'll catch up when we're done recording here. Because um, Chris and I are going down to Dayton and going to meet up and uh got some stuff brewing that we want to definitely get you up to speed and and all that shit and everything uh, everything is great how are you happy to be a part of everything good man we were uh we had a meeting this morning going over all of our champ program stuff yep. and some more of the uh reality check podcast up you know just getting things organized i think we want to build out a set and we want to do something that is simple but uh, it's still signature and, you know, people will remember and we're just getting some details in order. Yep. Um, but Maurice is really just like, Hey, let's just start shooting, start shooting. And then yep. not worry about it being perfect. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Let, you know, I'm all, I'm, I'm big into, because I come from the TV world. I'm big into the visuals and the production. And yep. he's like, let's just shoot this shit. Like, why are we, yep. who cares? Like, all right, let's do it. Well, not, I mean, that's a lot of this. I mean, there's so many things that I think we can talk about today. And like, we can always do another one later. 
Uh, but like, for me, it's like, you know, like obviously you're a national champion football player with the Ohio state. I love, you know, we're, uh, Buc- thank we're, you. we're Buckeyes here. So, uh, and no, we got to show some respect. Yeah, absolutely. And then, <laughs> you know, like you went on and played with the Raiders Seahawks and, and now like you're doing so many cool things. And again, like I, you know, I'm interested to hear about the art side, but you're also like, you're, you're doing some television work, um, with channel mm-hmm. six with ABC. Mm-hmm. Um, you're doing the champ program. You're also doing a podcast. Like, I think, you know, I, I talk about the idea of inspiration a lot. And like when we were talking a couple of weeks ago, when I was in CBUS, you know, we did, we talked a lot about the, the ways that I think that you inspire kids and even adults, but like, there's just so many different angles. I think that you and I can talk about, like, kind of an extension yeah. of the conversations we were having a couple of weeks ago, but you know, like, Absolutely. I, I don't know like where you want to jump in. I mean, again, like football was obviously like your main sport, but like, obviously I know you play basketball. I know you're playing a lot of basketball now yeah. <laughs> talking a lot of shit, Loving which it. is I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm back. I'm back <laughs> on the court. I almost called my agent. Like, look, hire me a shooting coach. I might have a chance. You know, maybe the Cavaliers got a roster spot. They, you know, they they aren't too good. Unfortunately, since LeBron left for the second time, they yeah they need to help as much as possible. So they need it bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, like, yeah, we can like kind of jump on. I mean, maybe like maybe we yeah. will start with like your well, football, just, football career. I guess. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, I was, and just to have some background, kind of on me, like who I am, and some of the yeah. stuff you know, uh, but 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 listeners or viewers may not know. Like I didn't grow up uh, as a jock, you know, in, yep. in, in, in the traditional sports environment at home, right? Like my mother worked for the government. We moved around a lot. I was born in DC. Uh, she was stationed in, in Guam on, on a base there. So I lived in Guam for like three years. We, you know, we were in Korea for a couple of years, Japan here, and then back to the States in Virginia, you know, she was at Langley. So we bounced around quite a bit. Um, the first like sports I ever really played was like soccer. Um, you know, I, I, I loved soccer as a kid. Thought that was a pretty cool sport. Uh, once, um, I don't know, maybe it might have been like fourth, fifth grade. Ask my mom; she'll verify this. <laughs> I made a goal from midfield, like right at the middle field mark. Uh, kicked it, went over the went, went over the keeper's head, right in upper ninety, right there. Cause I had that kind of accuracy at young, you know, I mean, I was really a prodigy. <laughs> it was a lucky kick. It was a lucky kick, but whatever it happened yep. and I'll, and I'll discuss it. And it is verified. Uh, yeah. And that, and that shit is verified. You can ask anybody um, that was there that day. <laughs> so, so that was kind of like my, you know, my background. And then um, I, I got, and I always say this, but it's just the truth. I got into school. Uh, I never stopped growing and I was always the biggest kid in class. And at some point, you know, I think I was, I was probably a, you know, like eighth grade, whatever. And I was about six feet tall and, you know, 180 pounds. And I think, you know, one of my, a math teacher, I know she was probably thinking, didn't say this, but probably thinking like, look, you're the biggest blackest thing in this school. (laughs) Have you ever thought about football? Like this might not be a bad move. And so one day she sees me and she goes, you know, you just look like a football player to me. And I thought she was cute. So I was like, <laughs> if, if that's what she digs, you know, let's see what's happening. You know, let's, let's, let's try this out. So it's funny. I tried. Is, is this when you're in Dublin at this point? 
No, no, this was uh, Worthington's. I was oh, in Worthington at this Worth- point. Okay. Um, yeah, we were in Worthington. So we were Gahanna schools, Worthington schools, Dublin schools, and then Ohio State, I'm out all over the place, right? So um, I tried it out. It was awful. So bad that I think like six weeks in, I was like, this is not for me. Like, I, you know, you know, teacher's cute, but I don't think she's going to give me a chance anyway. And it's not worth running around looking like an idiot with a helmet on. And I wasn't into it, man. I, I was more into you know, reading comic books, drawing and hanging out with my boys and, you know, video games. Like I just wasn't really a sports dude. And I think the following year hit another growth spurt and came into high school. And now I'm like, you know, six, two and a half, like 230 pounds. And at this point, you know, and I'm you know, what, 14, 15. And I think at this point, um, the coaches at, at that school in Worthington were just kind of like, Hey, I know you didn't really, you weren't really feeling it in middle school, but man, I really think you should try this out. Like this might be, you know, and I think for me, it was also like a way to make friends and just a way to kind of like uh, get a lot of that, that, that youthful angst. And, and I had anger issues and I was like, you know, this is, this is nice. And I understood it a little bit better that, that, that time around. And it, it wasn't so bad. And then I switched high schools. Um, and that was when I went to Dublin. Uh, the following year and I remember walking in and at that point now I'm like 6'4", 250 pound sophomore and you know I, at no, I remember first day of school I think my mom made me wear khakis and a collared shirt because she wanted me to look nice because it was like a really nice school and uh, I remember walking in there no kids talked to me the whole day not one kid spoke to me I, I was really freaked out I was like man this is weird like I don't know what's going on here uh, halfway through the day, a, a kid pulled me aside and said, hey, um, are you a narc? And I was like, excuse me? And he goes, no, nah, are you like, 21 goes, everybody thinks you're a narc. 20, bro, that's exactly what it was. They thought I was there on some 21 Jump Street shit, like there to like narc them out. And I was like, first of all, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a cop. Second of all, if they were going to hire a cop to blend in with high school kids, it, it wouldn't be my big black ass. <laughs> not in Dublin. That's probably not a good call. Yeah. So, so it was just it was hilarious to me. And then after that, uh, you know, the, the the football coach met me in the hallway, and he was like salivating, like, "Hey, come on in, Jay." And I'm like, "Oh God." Uh, but they were super nice to me. It was a great school. And I, I after he introduced me to the football team, was kind of like, "Hey, he'll be he'll be joining the program." And here at our school, all the kids were kind of like, "Oh, he's not an arc," because that school had a drug problem I didn't know about. So. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm good. I'm just here. I don't know why I'm wearing khakis. I won't wear this tomorrow. I'm sorry. And everybody was nice after Mom that. Mom sold you out, man. You didn't even know it. Really? She set me up, honestly. Um, so, you know, things went well. Played ball. Uh, started to actually, like, enjoy it. I Once again, was still not a jock. Just a big-ass dude who's athletic, running around, pushing kids over. And I guess I pushed enough of them over that they gave me all these scholarships. And just was getting phone calls every, you know, every other night, it felt like, um, and letters. And I had boxes and boxes of letters. And and my mom was all excited. I didn't even know what an athletic scholarship was at this point, you know, in my journey. You know, I got my first offer from, like, Virginia Tech at the end of my sophomore year. And I was like, I don't know what this means. And my mom was like, it means you have somewhere to go to school. Yeah. And I was like, I wasn't really feeling like college anyway. I, don't, I wasn't really wanting to do that. And she was like, no, you're, you're going to go to college because we don't have any money for college. So, <laughs> And you're going to wear khakis. <laughs> and you're going to wear khakis when you get there in a college shirt. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously Ohio State eventually 
became like the front runner, like where, where I wanted to go. They offered, went there. Freshman year, we had an amazing team, um, won a national championship as a freshman, which was nuts. I didn't play in it. I just watched and was like, wow, this is amazing that, you know, this is all happening so fast. And I think that kind of set the tone, um, seeing a lot of the guys from from like the older guys, like the juniors and seniors from that season go to the NFL and watching guys that you compete against in practice uh, achieve at that level, then it starts to put like a idea in your head of like, well, hell, I do pretty good against that guy in practice. And now he's in the NFL blocking for the San Diego Chargers. I bet I could play. Like, I bet if I got to, you know, if I keep lifting and work on it, I bet I could be decent. You know, I wasn't, I still hadn't made it a goal, but I was definitely like looking at it differently. Uh, it wasn't probably until like a year or so later, maybe two years later, like my red shirt, uh, you know, freshman or sophomore year, uh, coach Jim Tressel was the head coach at the time at Ohio State. And I remember him pulling me aside in his office and being like, all right, like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do here? Because I was aimless. You know, I was kind of floating through college. Um, I was, you know, on the team, wasn't giving it my all, wasn't really dedicated to football, uh, wasn't really dedicated to the classroom, right? I was one of these kids who was just like, I'm in college because I'm an athlete. Uh, I don't know that I would even wanted to take this route uh, because that structured environment was just not uh, for me at that time. And I had to learn and adapt and and kind of grow and learn structure and start setting goals and start kind of sharpening my focus. And I, I actually thank Coach Tress on Ohio State for that because that really helped get my mind in a place of like, hey, what do you want out of life? Like, what are you trying to do here? And it wasn't until we had that, we had like a two hour talk in his office and he was just like, well, do you want to be in the NFL? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I haven't thought of it. He was like, well, do you think you could play in the NFL? And I was like, um, I've seen some guys who I practice against do it. And I feel like, you know, I could. And he looked at me, he was like, Jay, if four years from now, you're not in the NFL, you, you know, it's, it's your fault. It's, 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 it's no one else's fault, but your own. Um, I think you have that kind of talent and I just don't think you see it. And I don't think you really care enough to, 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 to place your focus on that. He goes, but if it's something that you decide you want, you got to start putting a plan together for what you're going to do to get there. And I remember that was my first time ever thinking about a goal in terms of like, you know, setting a plan and then executing and like, you know, finding, you know, writing down checkpoints along the way. He's like, look, how, how, how big and strong is the average NFL defensive end and fast, you know, and he like literally looked it up. He's like, all right, so it's between this height, this weight. He's like, well, you're already that. He's like, you know, they got to run about this fast. You already run that fast. He's like, so what do you got to work on? He's like, you know, you got to get better at football, learning, uh, watch film. You know, you got to get a little bit stronger. I hadn't really gave it my all in the weight room. And it became this like, okay, I, I see now what you're saying. I see what it takes. I'm, I'm looking at like what I, where I need to get to. I think I can get to there. And it was that simple of like just planting a seed in your mind of like, I think I could do this. I think I I, I, I see it. I just got to start working towards it. And, you know, two and a half seasons later, I was all Big Ten and was, you know, fifth round draft pick of the Oakland Raiders. Uh, first pick of the fifth round. It was crazy for me because I wasn't even sure if I was going to get drafted. Uh, I was I was one of those guys that was all over the place as far as projections. Some people said, oh, he should easily be a second round pick. And some people were like, I don't know if he's draftable. And I was like, <laughs> I, what do you do with that information? Right. Like, All right. 
um, my agent's like, you're going to be fine. You just need to, you know, have a good pro day. Uh, you know, I went to the combine, didn't have a great combine. I had strep throat uh, the week of the combine, super sick, had like a fever, sweating the whole time I was there. They probably thought I was on drugs. And, uh, you know, I wish. And I was just, it was, it was just one of those, one of those awful weekends when, you know, I ran a horrible 40. I was just out of it. I think I ran like a five one. They were like, he's not draftable. <laughs> Came back at pro day, healthy and shape, you know, just focused, ran a four, seven, two at two eighty, basically like 279, 280. And then they were like, Oh, he's draftable. Never mind. Yeah. Like, that's who we thought we were going to get. And then I was good. You know, draft came. I, the one team that didn't talk to me at all throughout the entire draft process was the Raiders. Of course, that's who drafted me. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. And right, and how it goes. And I'm on the first plane smoking one-way trip to North California. And I was out there. I mean, you know, I was out there for almost five years. You know, just uh, loved it out there. Um, it was cool. Uh, even my rookie year was as crazy as it was and tumultuous. Because it's a ride. People don't like a lot of young athletes don't realize that year from your senior, you know, or junior year in college to the end of your rookie year in in the pros is a monster of a year. Like it's a bear. Like you're you're think about it. I I had an extra long year because my senior year we played at a national championship, yep. right? So we play Florida, and I won't discuss the outcome of the game or all that stuff. Because as you far know, as whatever, I'm concerned, it never happened. <laughs> That's all that stuff's way back there. I couldn't find it if I wanted to. But the point is, um, our year was longer, right? So we we went until January six or whenever that, but that bowl game was, um, and then I went right from there, flew out to Hawaii. You know, went from went from Phoenix to LA to Hawaii for uh, the hula bowl all-star game partied out there, loved it. Had like three sacks in that game, had a blast <laughs> and uh, loved Hawaii too, by the way, had a, had a, had a really good time in Hawaii. Um, and then flew from there back home, packed all my stuff and went to Orlando to start training at Tom Shaw's uh, facility in Disney uh, worldwide of sports and was training um, leading up into the combine. Uh, and then combine leads into pro day, pro day, draft, draft goes right to, you know, these guys get me Raiders. And then I'm headed to, to, you know, off season workouts and OTAs right in the mini camp, right in the training camp before you know it, like it rolls right into the season. I didn't get a rest or a break again until the following January. I mean, it, it I remember my body just was like, I was done. Like there's a reason they call it the rookie wall. Yeah. People that don't think that college sports is a business are literally insane. I mean, <laughs> just insane. I mean, I, that's why, that's why, you know, I'm, I, I noticed you posted something earlier about the, the Ohio um, Senate had voted on the, yes. and uh, players need to get paid, man. I mean, they just have to, I mean, they need to figure it's out a, a business. Way. It is. It's a hundred percent of business. And the, the amount it, it, of it's one of the few businesses where the only people who, who don't stand to benefit directly monetarily, you know, cause they call the scholarship, your monetary compensation. That's not really the case. Uh, one, it's not equitable value. And, and, and two, um, there, there's no guarantee that that's going to bear fruit and lead to, to actual funds. Yep. You know, a lot of people go to college and then have to go bartend or do whatever. So let's not act like a, a degree is just an automatic, 
you know, chick. No, uh, it's, that's not it, how it it's works. It's not. It's not. Absolutely. It's just not. So, so, so the, the fact that they're finally starting to come around to the idea of, hey, let's try to quantify like what these collegiate athletes are worth to these universities and see if we can give them some opportunity to, even if we can't compensate them, to compensate themselves for services rendered, right? So um, that's a good thing. That's progress. It should have happened years ago. You know, they were making money off of us in video games and merchandise and ticket sales and, I mean, every which way. And then you'd see athletes, you know, driving uh, old beat-up cars to, to, to practice and then back home, and we're scraping in the couch cushions uh, for for enough change to get something out of the dollar it's, menu it, on McDonald's. You don't have time to work. I mean, like I, you know, like no, it, it's and then you can't have jobs. No, that's what I mean. No, yeah, there's no time. No. So, so I think that it, that just made sense. That was a good move. Um, so yeah, my my football career was I I would say not completely unusual, but definitely a little bit unique. Uh, and I was able to you know play play six plus seasons and, you know, get retirement and all that stuff. Uh, you know, played for the Raiders, Seahawks, um, brief stint with the Jets. Won't get into that terrible program. <laughs> but finished strong with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints in 2014. Loved it out there. Great program. Great. Uh, Drew Brees is awesome. Great, great teammates out there. Hot, tough place to have your last training camp as an old guy <laughs> in New Orleans, Louisiana. That was rough. Um, but it was, but I was grateful for it. It was cool. So, so that's one of those things that got done. I always knew I wanted to get into, uh, to broadcast and I, I grew, didn't grow up idolizing athletes. I kind of grew up loving to see sports commentators and to see Stuart Scott and Bob Costas and all these guys, uh, tell the stories of these athletes. And you're kind of a conduit between the reality show that is sports and the fans at home and the people at home, you know, the the viewers, the consumers. So I think that that conduit's extremely important, how that message is relayed, how that how those stories are told. Um, and I think for me, it, it, it helps uh, the viewer to have somebody that's that's kind of lived it to be the one explaining to them what's going on, you know, with these guys and what's really happening. I think that's that's an aspect of, of the process I take a lot of pride in. Is that something you want to get more into? Like, cause you're yeah, doing, yeah. okay, cool. No, I, I, yeah, I know I you're doing, it. I love it. Yeah. No, I just know yeah, that you're opportunities. doing that. That's why we do all, yeah. I mean, that's why we do the stuff that we do with, you know, I did my, my, my podcast. That's why I work for ABC Fox here in town. Um, and we cover the Ohio state games. I do like, you know, pregame analysis, halftime analysis, postgame analysis, explaining to what's going on out there, uh, what's happening at halftime, what, what to expect, what the players are going through, you know, try to do individual interviews with them. Um, and really bring people under the helmet uh, so they can the, 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 I think the, the overlying goal is always for for the, the viewers um, to identify with the athletes and to see themselves as oh they're just like they want to like, see all... behind the curtain man like it's yeah I talked I was talking to Tony Mandrich about this mm -hmm. recently and he was telling this story on his podcast that that um, I actually produce. And he was talking to this guy and they were talking about Peyton Manning and it was, he was just saying Peyton, you know, he kept saying Peyton, Peyton. And then the other guy was like, you mean you we're talking about Peyton Manning right now. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, but that's like, that's those, those stories that, that people don't see it. it like I always say it humanizes you guys. That's exactly athletes. what I was going to say. Yep. 
what you just said was where I was headed. Like uh, the the overlying goal is to is to humanize the athlete, and I think here's the thing because you're seeing it lately in sports. I know it's a post pandemic thing. I don't know if you've been keeping up with some of the NBA stuff, but oh, you're yeah. seeing uh, fans get into it with the players. You know, one uh, Trey Young got spit on by a, by a, by a Knicks fan. No, you know, Russell Westbrook gets uh, popcorn dumped on his head, and another guy threw a water bottle at Kyrie. And you're seeing all this. You know why I think that's happening? Other than the restlessness of fans not being able to to to, to you know to be at these venues in the last year because of the pandemic, and everyone just finally being let out of the house and we're like dogs off leashes right now. The people are a little nutty, but I also think that's because the, the, the athletes haven't been properly humanized. So when the fan sees the athlete in his place of work, you know, in his place of business, they don't see it like that. They see a performer on stage for them to entertain them. And that's an aspect of it, but it'd be no different. You know, uh, if you worked uh, a job and you were working, in a cubicle somewhere on a computer, and I just walked over to your cubicle and dumped popcorn on your head, you'd be pissed. Yep. Right? So no different than Russell Westbrook. Like, he's like, hey, you know, being, a, a, you know, patronizing our sport in these venues does not give you the right to throw stuff at me. Like, I, would, I wouldn't come to your job and throw something off, bounce something off of your head. But I think that happens because these, uh, these, these fans and, and the viewers, they don't always see themselves in the athlete. They're, they think there's this big chasm, like this gap between where they are in life and where these athletes are, and that they're nothing alike. And what they don't realize is they're way more alike. As a matter of fact, they're way more like the athletes than the athletes are like the owners. You know, these owners are billionaires. These brands are billion-dollar brands. They'll they'll support the brand, but won't support the blue-collar worker. Blue-collar meaning, you know, the guy that's that, that 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 that's getting paid to work for that brand too. And I don't think they recognize that there's like a disconnect. Yep. But if they started seeing themselves in the shoes of the athletes and realizing, you, these guys are way more like us. And we're all way more like them, you know, than we are like the billionaires who run this whole thing. Yep. I think they'd understand like we're all kind of in this together still. And they'd end up be a little bit more of a modicum of respect and, uh, you know, and, and, and how we deal with one another. I think that's that's something that's missing um in the whole sports universe is is getting the fans to understand just how like us they are absolutely and i think that you know that's one of the aspects that we work with with the abstract athlete is you know showing another side of the athlete it's not this is just you know like all these athletes that i talk to and you know when i was an athlete like it's just a job like when i'm done i live my life like I'm an artist, yeah. I'm, I'm a singer, I'm, I do what, you know, and it's like showing those, and it's like, again, it goes back to the, it humanizes people. It's like, yes. oh, oh, I, you know, th- th- this person is a painter and they love doing this. Like it, I always say it gives people permission to do those things too. And so, but I, yeah. I agree. Like you're, I like the, I think it was the U S Mexico game soccer uh, i don't know if you watched yeah. that a couple weeks ago they were chucking water bottles they at people throwing bottles and stuff at guys and i'm like it was nuts i don't get at what point in someone's brain they go you know what i see that guy out there doing his job and working it's a good time to throw a bottle at him yeah like that's not i don't you know if, 
if a guy was working construction on the side of the road, you wouldn't just stop and just chuck a bottle at him. No, it's because you didn't like that they were building a street right there. That's and not, there was you know no. I mean, I mean, like, they were hit. They were hitting players from both sides. Like I, I know two guys from yeah, the U.S. Yeah. got hit, and then a Mexican guy. It's just like so. What's it, it was just it was insanity. It just felt like it was like off the rails at that point. And I, but I think you're yeah. right. It's like it is this kind of post pandemic, but it still existed anyways, but it definitely seems it was like always it, like that. It seems like it's that, definitely heightened. There was always a disconnect. I mean, dude, think back to, uh, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, oh, yeah. um, Malice you know, in the palace. Malice in the palace, right? Yeah. When, when, when the athletes had to finally go into the stands and remind yeah. fans that, Hey, we are a lot alike. I'll fight you just like I fight <laughs> anybody else. And, I and I think that was, but that was a good moment. People are going to say, oh, that was a bad moment for sports. No, it wasn't. That was a great moment for sports because it reminded everybody that at the end of the day, we're all just human. Yep. And and at the end of the day, that playing field can be leveled at any point and, and we could all end up yep. right there next to one another. And you're going to treat somebody a lot differently when they're 40 feet away and you can throw something and they can't see you than when they're right in your face. Yep. Because those same fans, if they saw – you know, Russell Westbrook or Kyrie Irving got a bar, they wouldn't throw something at They walk up to him and probably ask Hell for an autograph. No. Exactly. Right? It's, like it, that's the weird it's, part. It's like it's like that, it's like Twitter. It's like you're behind yes. you're behind yes. this screen, nobody knows you're you can say say whatever you want, which is bullshit. But you know, right. you you're not accountable for those things. And when you're like in a in the stands, like throwing shit, it's like you're somewhat not accountable for it. Now you are because there's so many cameras, like you're gonna get Sure. Like, it's just like, why are you even doing that? But it's crazy. Ron, you just nailed it. Yep. The malice in the palace is a perfect metaphor for what would happen if all the, you know, the keyboard gangsters were forced to actually <laughs> exactly. be accountable for all the crap that they said, yep. you know, online. Like, that's what that was. That was, hey, I can chuck my Slurpee at, at uh, you know, Ron Artest because he's not looking at me right now. And I got a crowd of people behind me. Nothing will happen. And then he finally was like, nah, you know what? Let me go ahead and point you out mm -hmm. and come on down yep. and let's find out. And, and you know, and they fucked around and found out. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> it goes down sometimes. Yep. Yep. Want to take a quick break and remind everyone to follow Jay on Instagram at J underscore Richardson 99 or on Twitter at jrichardson99. And make sure to follow his newest project, The Champ Program. You can follow it on Instagram and on Twitter at the Champ Program. Now back to Jay. Well, talk about. I mean, talk about the Champ Program, which you're starting with a yeah. former teammate of yours. Um, you're like really starting to ramp it up as we speak. Yeah. Is the best way to say. So, it. and I'll give you like a, a little background. Um, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, my, my former teammate, Maurice Claret, uh, one of the greatest collegiate running backs of all time. You know, I don't even have some, some people say arguably, I don't, I think as far as that single season, I don't know if there was a back, you know, one of the top five single seasons a backs ever had in college football to where, you know, he was, he was the, the driving force behind us winning a national championship. Right. Uh, and we were freshmen together, both 18 coming in. Uh, so this is a guy I've known for a long time, man. Uh, it was just crazy to see. And his journey has had, you know, had so many twists and turns and ups and downs. You know, he challenged the system yeah. as a sophomore in college, you know, was trying to kind of circumvent that last season and go right to the NFL. And, you know, even even after it didn't work out, but even after not playing football for 
a sophomore and a junior year. He's two years removed from football. He still gets drafted third round yep. to the uh, Denver Broncos. Like, that's a crazy story. So crazy that they did a 30 for 30 about it yep. <laughs> with him and, yep. and Coach Trussell called Youngstown Boys, right? So that, I mean, so that's that's who it is. And me and him had reconnected um, years back and we're just talking about doing something together for a while. I'd had him on a podcast of mine um, and we just had a blast. And he was like, dude, you know, this 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 is something that we should do. Um, we should really not just do a show together, but, you know, try to build something. And we always enjoy working out like he trains his butt off. He just he still has that. He, I think he still has that energy from college like that. <laughs> I want to go and do burpees and run stairs and 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 do a thousand push-ups and, and bench press, you know, the whole gym. And I'm like, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't have that in me anymore. I, like, I want to look like I can bench press the whole gym, but I don't actually want to be able to do it. I don't even want to try it, uh, you know. So, so that's that's where we kind of uh, are. And he was like, all right, look, you know, let's let's kind of work towards building um, a community. And not just an online community, but an actual community, like building a community through health and wellness, you know, because he's big on mind, body, spirit. Uh, I think I am, too. And he's like, look, why not? Why not get together? You know, we'll train. We'll find some some like minded individuals uh, in our in our direct sphere of influence locally. They'll train with us and we'll record it and we'll try to motivate and we'll try to inspire and see if we can't get people going. This was coming off the heels of the pandemic where everybody was had been kind of, you know, sitting around for about, you know, 12, you know, 13 months. And I don't think uh, was feeling great about themselves. A lot of us weren't. I I, I didn't feel uh, like I was where I could be. And we had all kind of grown stagnant a little bit. Um, and, and, and if not physically, sometimes mentally, right? Uh, just from the, the, the circumstances. And that affects the spirit. That affects the focus. Um, and I think this was a good thing for us to, to get ourselves going again while also trying to inspire others to get going. And that's what it did. I mean, it, it, it pushed me, it pushed him, it pushed Dan, Sierra, my brother, uh, Ty, who films everything. It got everybody kind of locked in on one goal and it, it made you wake up in the morning and get together. And when you, you are more apt to want to get up and get going when you feel a sense of, of accountability to, to, you know, a group. Right. Yep. Uh, if you're on your it's own, a team. it's sometimes hard. Yep. It's a right? team. It's yep. a team. Exactly. It's, it's hard to get going sometimes when you're on your own and you can hit the snooze button. But when you know you got like four other people who are, who are going to be there counting on you to be there and they're like, nah, come on, get your ass up. Like you, you just get up. And I think we're trying to build that kind of mentality and accountability throughout a wide network of, of, of people in the community. Like, hey, let's all do it together. And that's that's where it all started. So now, since then, like, you know, we've grown it into, hey, we're going to do a couple shows uh, based off where we're going to sit down, do some interviews, talk to some people who we feel like are high achievers <coughs> or just who are, I think, interesting people to engage with um, and talk to them about what it means to be a champ to them, you know, what what their schedule is like, what, you know, what their mentality is like, uh, how they how they keep it going. And I think that's going to be something that we're going to have for folks this summer that they're going to really appreciate, as well as an entire online workout program for like every level, beginner, intermediate and psychos. Right. So like there's going to be there's going to be people who are just like rolling off the couch going, hey, Jay, give me a workout I can do at home or I can do if I've never really been to a gym before, but I'm going to a gym now. 
what's some things I can do right away just to get me going and start feeling good and build some strength or, you know, uh, build up their metabolism, you know, or lose a couple pounds here and there. And then there's going to be the guys that want to work out or ladies that want to work out and really ramp it up. And then there's what I call the psychos, like guys like, you know, Dan and Maurice who live, breathe, gym, take the supplements, you know, eat right, have protein shakes, pre-workout, and they want to be jacked. And I think that's awesome. And, and we, we've got something for that. <laughs> you know, I think, I think my jack days are over, but, but I definitely want to, want to look like I could be jacked. Right. It's just not actually, you know, uh, all the stuff that it takes. Right, right. But I mean, I think at the end of the day, that's what we're building. Uh, it, it's all about community. It's all about uh, getting a group of people that are like-minded, uh, that want to achieve, and then helping each other do that and kind of spreading a lot of that positivity, a lot of the inspiration while we do it. And, and, and that's essentially the spirit of the CHAMP program. And we're going to be having like cool merch and hoodies and hats and stuff for people uh, as we build this thing. Um, because we always like things like that, 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 that bond and connect us. So it'll be fun. Well, and I think that you, you said something like that, that community, it's like one of the things that, I mean, I remember my end of my, you know, career as an athlete and mm -hmm. like, it's always the, it's always the locker room. That's the thing that's you miss the most, the, the camaraderie. Yeah. And like, so this to me has that kind of locker room, sense about it where that you are holding yourself accountable the team that you know like and yeah. and that's what i really like about you know when we were talking a couple of weeks ago when you were kind of talking about it i was like yeah this is this is really dope man because it's it it brings back that kind of unity that you know you're, you're absolutely you're, you're pushing each other um maybe in different ways maybe some of that pushing is virtually like but that's still badass like that, and it still helps right exactly right like like if you if you're an ex athlete, you know the Champ program is going to give you that feeling of camaraderie in the locker room again, and it's going to remind you of being uh, with a group of, of of folks that are all trying to kind of achieve and move in the same direction, and it, it it'll it'll give you that feeling of I I don't want to let these guys or girls down. Like I want to make sure we're all on the same page, and I want I don't want to be the one that and that doesn't show up right. And I think that. Uh, that feeling is what is what gets people going and, and it can, it's what gets me out of bed, right? I mean, on days where you're just not feeling it, that's what will get you out of bed. So it, it gives you that. And if you've never played an organized sport, this is going to give you a feeling of community and family that you might not have had, um, you know, or even experienced something in this in this kind of way. And I think that's a really cool feeling. Um, and it's something that people uh, are going to get addicted to, yep. you know, uh, in a good way. Do you you know, just going back to what I was just saying, like your, your post career football career, that is, did you have like a soft landing? You were already kind of working on stuff. Like, it seems like, well, you, like you said, you were interested in getting into broadcasting and, yeah. and all that stuff. So I had, uh, I had like, I guess like two mini retirements, right? Like my first time I thought I was mm -hmm. done with football I was coming off of an injury. It was, you know, after my fourth season it was before I signed with Seattle and I was like, well, I think, I think that's it, you know? And I remember having to uh, like go through that, that phase that an athlete goes through where you like mourn the loss of your career and what you love to do for so long. Right. Uh, the phone's not ringing. You know, I was out for over a year, which is rare that you're out for that long and, and, and come back. Usually once you're out for more than like six months, that's, that's probably it. 
Um, and I was just like, well, that's that. And I remember I was working, uh, I worked, I was working a job in insurance, um, you know, life insurance sales. And I went and got licensed and I was like, all right, I'm going to just, you know, do this. I had a group of buddies that were like, Hey, you'd be great at this. You know, you know, people, people like you, um, it's sales, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, ah, let's try. And I remember, you know, I remember the first check I ever made doing it. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was the feeling of, Hey, I was able to like, uh, earn a living doing something that didn't involve, uh, putting on cleats and a helmet. Um, and the first check I ever got that didn't come from the NFL. And that was a good feeling like, okay, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be able to survive if this thing ends right now. Uh, but I know it sounds dramatic, but that's really what you think as a young man when you're when you're kind of thrust out of 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 what you love and what feels kind of like your prime. Uh, and then you know what? Some time went by. Body started feeling good again, was healthy again. Um, you know, I was on the mend, and I you know the phone rang, and you know, agent called, hey. We're, a couple teams reached out, wanted to inquire about your health. How are you feeling? I was like, I feel great. All right. Well, would you want to give it a shot? And, you know, uh, the the coach that coached me, my coordinator from when I was at the Raiders, Rob Ryan, his twin brother, Rex Ryan, was the coach in, in New York. And, you know, he was like, hey, I heard my, you know, my my brother said, you're a badass and you can play. <laughs> You know, we, that's, that's we a good of, compliment from him too. Right. I was like, Oh shit, Rob said that about me. And he's like, Hey, he said you're a baller. And he's like, uh, you know, how are you feeling? I was like, I feel great. All right, let's fly you out and get a look at you. It's like, all right, let's do it. And in my head, I'm thinking, Oh shit, I haven't worked out in like four months. Like I, <laughs> I'm not, not that I've been like eating bad and I'm a meatball, but like, I just had, I wasn't where I knew I could be. So I was like, how much time do I have? He's like, I don't know how much time you need. I was like, I mean, like, give me, give me a couple of weeks. I'm ready to go. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> You know, let me I'm gonna get in football shape. Yeah, you know. Yeah, let me just run down to the local gym and hop on the treadmill and bust out <laughs> some sprints or something. I don't know. And I remember, like, I had like 14 days to kind of get in some kind of a, a shape or rhythm. Uh, and I just, you know, I went went to a local field, ran some sprints, did a couple movements, making sure everything felt good. And I was like, yeah, it feels good. Like, there's there's there's, there's no pain in the joints. I think I'm good. Um, they flew me out, worked out workout went great and they signed me on the spot. So like, now you're back in. But it was important to have that year out to give me an idea of what I was gonna go through when it really was over, you know? So I got back in a couple of years later, I really am done now. You know, I'm 30 and I'm like, well, I'm done. And that's, and I'm okay with that. Like, I, you know, this time around, I, I, I kind of know what, what I wanna do gave me some time to make some, you know, some contacts. And I remember speaking with uh, the stations here locally and just saying, Hey, I love to do this. Um, I would love to learn. Uh, so during that time off, I'd come by the station and just watch shows or, um, you know, do quick little segments, little small spots here and there where they would ask me about, you know, what I was seeing on the field for the Buckeye. And I remember it went pretty well. So when I came back, I told them, I said, Hey, listen, you don't have to pay me anything. I just want to, be a part of the show. I want to learn. I'll work for free. Don't worry about finding a place for me to fit. Just, you know, if, if you're, if there's a game and you guys are down a man for the broadcast group and you, you could fill me in, like, that'd be awesome. And they were like, let's do it. And that, that year went really well. I think I worked like, you know, three or four games. Uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't any money. I just wanted to learn and it went great the next season they hired me so that so that was what i was excited about uh was just getting the chance you know to do something that i would have done for free 
Same with football, right? Like I, you, you, you seem like, like you did that for free. You seem like a natural though. Like even when I, I think I, I told your mom, like when I met you is like, I felt like I've known you forever. Like it was the, con- I mean, seriously, like the conversation, it was just like, you sat down and it was just like, we were like right in this conversation and it was just like, you know what I mean? And like, so to me, it's like that, that ability or that being like really comfortable, it kind of comes through. So I'm, I'm sure that that first three games you did, they like, oh, well, he's just a natural at this. Like, because I don't think like this is a, I mean, this is a compliment. I don't think you're trying to prove anything. Like, I think that yeah. you're just like, you're just, you're, you're being you. And like that comes through and like, that's, what's pretty badass about it. You know, that's, that's awesome. That's actually a, a, a awesome compliment. I appreciate that. You know, Ron, like for me, um, I've always been big on authenticity. Like no matter what you're doing, like you gotta, because you can't, you can't be anybody else better than you can be you. Right. So like, if I try to be somebody else, I'm not going to be as good. So like, I might as well just be me. And at least I know no one else can do that. Cause that's, cause I'm, there's only one you, yep. right? So it's like cornering the market on the one commodity you have that no one else has, which is yourself, your own personality. So like, that's what you want to shine through uh, in anything any of us do. And then for me in this industry specifically, um, I think it comes off that way because I grew up around tons of different people, you know, living in different, countries and states and moving every couple of years, you just get used to being the new kid every couple of years. Right. So you get used to meeting new people. You get used to always being like kind of on the spot. And before you know it, you just get comfortable with that. Um, so then when you meet people, you're just like, what's up? And like, you don't have any issues being yourself day one, because that, that, that at the end of the day, you know, that's all you can be. And people usually respond to that because uh, I think if you're, completely yourself and authentic right away with folks it, it almost gives them permission to do the same and then all of a sudden both both sides can kind of like let the guard down yep. and then you just see who's who and you end up having a good time usually and i yep. think that's uh really important uh is, is just that authenticity and and you know like i've met obviously like obviously your uncle daryl mm-hmm. is is co-founder of the abstract athlete so and met your mom yeah. and like you have a really cool ass family like really Thank truly you. i mean i'm being serious like and I, haven't so met, awesome. and I haven't met your your you've two brothers right yep yeah yep, you know but like your mom is awesome obviously your uncle is awesome like i you know like i remember the first time we talked on the phone because we were introduced and you know chris and i who who started the abstract athlete always joke that so many things are like software with this business that we started. And he was like, yeah, my, my nephew played for Ohio state. And we're like, of course he did. You know, we're named the <laughs> abstract athlete for a reason. Like, and, and it's, it's just funny, but you know, it's like, you like your mom has like such an incredible personality. Daryl has such an amazing personality. Like your brother is a chef. Like you have all these like really cool, I think component, at least one of your brothers, like components to your family that I think it, that authenticity, I'm sure it just like, is really part of like who your family is. And I, you know, I, absolutely. It's just really cool to me. And, you know, we had a grandmother, uh, you know, before she passed in 2012, that had a, a whole bunch of personality and was always herself, no matter where she was. And a lot of us get it from her. And, you know, and my mom just raised us to be, to be really aware of who we are, be comfortable with it, and to kind of embrace, like, in our family, I remember growing up, it's like nothing was off the table for discussion, like nothing was taboo, like my mom would talk about anything, 
you know, so it 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 made it um it made it okay, you know, to kind of say anything, and yep. and and then you can kind of fully develop as a human being, and you're not afraid of like you know. Uh, the response you might get. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, this is kind of a, I, I always ask this of people, but I think this like is a good time to ask it. Like, because maybe this is somewhat of who you're talking about, but who growing up, who inspired you? Like, and it can be athletes. It could be a coach. It could be family members mm-hmm. uh, or it could be a comic book artist. I mean, you know, really, truly. And maybe there's, yeah, that's a great people. question. Uh, I, I got, I wasn't one of those kids that grew up with like uh, posters on the wall of athletes or sports figures, nothing like that. Um, I, you know, we were very, we were very like regular, <laughs> you know, but we had more fun at home with our family. Like, so my mom would be right at the top of, of that list. Uh, her and my grandmother, honestly, would be at the top of that list just because the love they gave, um, how, how truthful they always were and just direct. Um, my, my grandmother, especially like she was just such a straight shooter and was always teaching life lessons like throughout, you know, that the day was like, she had all these one liners <laughs> of things that like, you'll always remember. Right. Um, you know, like she used to always say, if I, if I said something I was going to do, she'd look at me and be like, Jay, talk is cheap. It takes money to buy land. <laughs> and like, that was her way of saying like, don't tell me about what you're going to do. Go do it. And, but just little, like one liners like that. She had tons of them. And it's just so true though. It is so right? true. There's a and lot of people true. that talk shit. There's a lot of people that it's That's, those that do it. it. Does. Yep. She was like the walking book of Proverbs, right? <laughs> like just had all these one liners that you'd be like, yeah, that shit's real though. Yeah. That, yeah. She's right about that. Yep. And like, you know, either you either you get it or you didn't. Uh, you know, I remember one of the one of the things she would always tell me, even when I was after I was drafted, she, you gotta make sure you always keep your priorities in the right perspective. And and she was very big on just like keeping perspective. Like don't ever not have perspective on what's really happening. Um, and that'll help you uh, you know, kind of line up what your priorities should be in your life. And that was one of those more like underrated one-liners that as you get older and there's more moving parts to your life and there's more things happening, uh, especially when I was uh, in the NFL, there was so much happening. You can lose track. Things get distorted uh, and start to look abstract, right? And then, <laughs> nice. and, then uh, and then you start losing track of your, of your priorities, not because you don't care about the priorities, but because your perspective is not as sharp or as shifted and you're not seeing things clearly. And then once you do again, you can line things back up, but it takes a minute. You know, I think all youngsters go through that. You go through that period of time where things are looking fuzzy and you're not sure what's what. And I think that's, that's one of those things that helps you kind of come back to home base. Well, and that, you know, just going back to what, what you just said there goes back to when you were a freshman or sophomore in college. It's like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do. I mean, yeah. I was, t- I was taking classes. I didn't know. Wh- I had literally no idea why I was in school. None of us and, know. And and it's like that. Yeah. But they act like we should. And it's just like, I, I yes. don't know. Like I, I was taking architecture classes. I'll, I distinctly remember. <laughs> I, I remember this. We, I, I tried to get in this class and it was me. And I cannot remember. It was a linebacker from Ohio state. And I was playing baseball at Ohio state. And we go into this class and both of us were trying to add this class. 
and the, the teacher's going through the role and she goes, uh, I can't remember the basketball player's name now, but the basketball team was playing that night and, and she, you know, rattles off his name and somebody goes, Oh, well he's, he's a basketball player. He's got a game. And you saw her face. She got like really cut like the, the brow. And she's like, yeah, and, and me, me and me and the football player looked at each other. We just stood up and walked out of the class. And it's just like, I, I mean, how are we supposed to deal with four hour practices a day? Classes that are not going to let you in and understand that you literally truly have a job. Like it's insane. And, 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 insane. and you're not going to respect that. And you're going to like fail me out of a class because you don't like sports. And it's just like sports is pay, probably paying your salary. And oh, absolutely. Without, without, without question. And here's what I'll say about, you know, um, just because me and my mother started a foundation years yeah. ago called the Jerry Richardson foundation. Um, and it was geared around giving kids life skills and teaching them uh, alternate routes to their own personal success that might not be traditional or that might be traditional, but based on what worked for them. And you have to get to know the kids to understand that. And what that kind of taught me was like us as, as a society, like it's amazing that we haven't evolved yet enough to understand that no one should even be thinking about a four-year college. To me, my, this is just my opinion. No kid should even be considering or should even be allowed to go to a four-year school until they're 21. Like after 18, you should have four years of exploration. Like where you just, you have no idea who you are. How on earth do you know what your interests are? How on earth do you know what you should be majoring in? You're going to, you're willing to spend 60 to 100K on a mystery? Yep. On a, on a, on a four-year mystery and then you're, and, and, then you you're, you're and then you're stuck in that mystery because like and you, then you're, and then you're paying for that yeah. mystery for years <laughs> well, well, unless you got a scholarship. Trust me, I am. <laughs> I mean, it's just the truth. Like bar, you know, athletes aside and honestly, even athletes, a lot of it, a lot of me start, is starting to feel like sports should be like independent from the school stuff. Like go, go somewhere to a facility, train and go play for Ohio state, you know, or, or go play that sport. But all that school stuff, you're, you're not going to have the bandwidth to put the same amount of energy into the classroom as you do nope. in, in, into your sport. You're going to be compromised on some level. That's the reality. Yep. And I think that's one of those things that doesn't get talked about because of tradition. Like Traditionally, this is how we've always done things. It makes sense because that's how the money you know works. You, you, you got to get these kids, to, you got to lure them with the four-year degree and the chance yep. at a professional career so that they'll come and they'll work for four years and then you pay them with, with, with schooling that they may or may not get the most out of it. They may or may not graduate, but that's been the system. Yep. I think it's antiquated. Uh, you totally. know, it's, it's, totally. it's, it's really, it's really, you know, it needs, it needs a whole overhaul. We need to look at how we do this. We need to evolve completely differently yep. and evolve yep. and evolve it because I don't know that it's working. Um, I, and I, statistics I, will tell you that it's not. So I, I don't know. I 100% agree. I mean, I, I quit school after a, well, we we're on quarters, but were you still on quarters when you were in school at Ohio State? Uh, yeah, when I was yeah. at Ohio State, we were still on quarters. Yeah, yeah. so I, I quit after my fourth quarter, like a fifth quarter, whatever, because I got mm -hmm. redshirted my, my freshman year. I was yeah. just floundering in school because I had no idea what I was doing. And I was like, this is stupid. And then, you know, yeah. like, and then baseball is a weird sport in college. So I could have been drafted out of high school, but if you go to college, you have to wait three years in football. Obviously you have to go three years or, you know, and, and so like I was done, like, it was just like immediate, like, okay, I'm done playing baseball. I'm like, shit. 
how did that happen? Like, I didn't even get to do what I wanted to do. And I just like went to school, wasted, you know, a year, yeah. a year and a half studying stuff that I have no interest in. And, and that's the other part about schools. Like they force you to take classes. You don't want to take, I don't know. It's, it's a weird system. Well, here's the thing you're, you know, you're given this list of like, well, here's the classes you can take based on the credit hours you can fit in. Yep. And it's just like, you know, pick a couple here and you're, you don't know what the hell you're doing, right? Like you're just picking stuff yep. to fill up the schedule, so you got somewhere to be every other hour. Yeah. <laughs> and and and, yep. and that's just what you do. And you go through your day, and you're just waiting until it all ends, so you can head to practice and get ready to actually do what you came here to do, yep. which is try to be the best athlete you can be. And by then, you're exhausted. Yep. You're exhausted mentally, and then then by the end of the day, now you're exhausted physically. And you've been exhausted spiritually because you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yep. And if you're not a top tier guy, like even the top tier guys, I mean, you could ask, you know, uh, hell, at the time he was the top tier guy. Maurice, he he, he hardly went to half of these classes. I know I'm not want to speak for him, but he, I, I know he didn't because I, I had some of the classes. I was like, where's Reese at? Because like he, I think he was actually more involved than the, the rest of us where he was like, guys, what are y'all doing in these stupid classes? Yeah. You don't even know what you're there for. You're like, I'm not doing that shit. I'm going to get ready for what I actually came here to do yep. because I know that's the only chance I have at getting to where I think I want to go. Yep. And that's the only way at that age, uh, uh, most of us youngsters could think about it. And the guys that I really saw at work for um, that achieved a high level in football generally weren't the guys that were the 4.0 students. It was one or the other. Right. There were guys who were great for the, for the, for the team GPA and were 4.0 students, but those were seldom were they the same guys Yep. that were out there scoring all the touchdowns or, or getting all the sacks and interceptions. That's just not how it works. You can only put, you can only pour so much into this cup or that cup. And you kind of have to choose. And I was at one point kind of splitting down the middle, like pretty good in school, pretty good in football. And I was like, yeah, that's not, that's going to end up being average at everything. Like you got to pick. Yep. And I still got my degree, but like my last two years, I realized I know what I'm here to do. I got to focus on that. I tapered back my class schedule, took some BS, got my degree and was like, I need to, I need to, I need to put all the energy I can into being the best, you know, player I can be because when I get to the pros, this is what it's going to entail. And I, I think that was probably the right move, but yeah. it took three and a half, almost four years to figure that out. So at the time, guess what? I was 21 basically. And that's why I tell kids, you shouldn't even be thinking about none of that stuff until you're 21 because you have no idea what you want or who you are. Yep. And there's no self-discovery there. It's all just regimented. Well, I think they, they actually say that. that the frontal lobe does not fully develop on, yeah. on an, until you're like 24 or something. So it's like, it's almost silly to actually, I mean, I don't want to get scientific because I don't, I sure shit don't actually understand it, but. Oh, I mean, but, you got the scientist yeah. beard. You could be a scientist. <laughs> right. We actually hire scientist. scientists to speak for it. No, I'm just kidding. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. But it's, so it's, it's just, it's weird that they've, that, like you said, like, it's so antiquated, this system, but it's so, there's so much money involved. They, they're not going to adapt or evolve. Whenever things aren't making sense or logic has escaped, uh, look at the money. It'll, yep. it'll, 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 it'll organize it for you. You're like, oh, that's Absolutely. why we still do that. Yep. Because I think a hundred, 200 years from now, We'll look back and go, God, that was archaic. Uh -huh. They had these kids, you know, in grade school from, you know, K through 12 and then headed right back into more regimented schooling based on stuff that doesn't even like, hell, in high school, they don't even teach you about taxes. Yep. 
I know. Right? Like, 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 like no one's teaching about it. Most kids get their first job, you know, out of college or even maybe a summer job in college and they're trying to figure out where their money's yeah. going. They're like, oh, that's, that's what taxes are. Uh-huh. And if you get into the real world, if you don't pay those things, you can end up in prison. Yep. So like anything where the consequence could be prison because we are the jail country, yep. you should probably teach it yep. some somewhere along the line. Hundred percent, absolutely. Help motherfuckers not be locked up one day. <laughs> that's, that's a thought. That's good goal. Good goal. Right, like, like I'm not running for president, but like that's something I would change. Like, hey, let, let's make sure less people end up locked up. Let, why don't we teach them the things to keep them out of there? Yeah. Like uh, I don't know. Just yeah. Don't common, let me get going. Common sense shit. Do you? I, I, have you have you thought about getting back into like drawing again? You know what? I it's funny. I, during the pandemic, nice. We, you know, we all had we all have this, this you know some yeah. time on our hands yeah. and wasn't much shaking. You know, for weeks at a time. And I remember I went and got like a sketch pad and some charcoal and, some, and uh, this is and this is it's embarrassing because I know it's at the end of the day it's it's ego. Um, you draw something or you sketch something. And I grew up being inspired by, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff you see here, like comics, right? I loved how these these artists drew these superheroes and how they drew the human form, uh, albeit exaggerated and, you know, just with incredible things happening. But it was always so spectacular to me. And I would draw that and I would just see how good I could get at drawing some of this stuff. And I remember I hadn't drawn, oh God, the 10 years, like really, like seriously. And I tried to sketch some things and I just kept flipping through going, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> that just means you're and, an artist, man. Sorry. <laughs> and I just, right, I just took the whole sketch pad and threw it in the closet. I didn't look at it. And I was like, oh, I suck at it now. I don't want to do it. it was, and that's ego saying like, oh, it should be this. And it's not like, instead of just going through your creative process and just draw. And I think I'm going to try to pick it back up again. And, and this time not be so concerned with the outcome and be more concerned with just the doing the process Yep. in the process and just enjoying it and, and, and not trying to make it look a certain way. Right. No, I always tell my students that like, cause I, I think I told you when we were hanging out a couple weeks ago, I started a program at Virginia Commonwealth called art and athletics, which kind of mirrors the abstract athlete. And I always tell the students, cause like, Oh, I can't, I can't even draw a stick figure. And it's like, well, don't, draw a stick figure and it's like you remember that first time whatever their sport is you remember that first time you kicked a soccer ball that first time you went to go hit a baseball or throw foot whatever you mm-hmm. sucked at it it's practice yeah. you have to actually do it and you get better and you can see it it doesn't mean you're going to be a professional artist but like that you're idea right. of just practicing and doing it it is it's, a, it's all about the process yeah. and reteaching yep. yourself something yep. and you know, creating that neural pathway in your brain again. Yep. And now all of a sudden it flows better. And I think that's one of those things that we, we kind of get away from because we, we've gotten so used to in our society of things just being so easy. Like, yep. you know, you just push a button here, click here, yep. you know, Amazon prime, two yep. clicks and something's at your door <laughs> hours later. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, I know. We, I know. we don't want any process anymore. We just want results. Yeah. I, I, that's true. And that, I think that's a problem too. Unfortunately, it's that, that expectation of, everything's going to be perfect or whatever. And it's like, no, it's okay to like, I use the baseball analogy. It's okay to fail. Actually, that's how you learn shit. So. Correct. You have to, you know, if you aren't failing, you're not trying anything worth trying because if you were, you, you'd you'd screw it up enough to learn how to evolve. Yep. And, and if you're not failing, you're not forcing yourself to evolve. And that's, 
Well, that's that. That's the real crime, right? Yeah, oh, 100%. So uh, we'll kind of like, I know you got you got a busy day and stuff. What like just what what's the future hold, man? Like what? Like I know the champ, the champ program is going to like take off. Um, like what do you like? Yeah, we're excited about that. Um, you know, we, we're, we're getting all the web stuff set up, you know, making sure that it looks good. It's user friendly. The site, we want it to be amazing. It'll be a subscription based service. And, you know, and for a flat rate monthly, you'll have access to all these workout videos, but not just that you'll have access to all of the online, you know, uh, motivational content, you know, the sit down talks, you'll have access to the interviews and the things that we're going to be doing. Yep. And we want to create a platform like that 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 gets people going again um and that helps people achieve uh, no matter what they're trying to do and that gives them the framework um to be high achievers right between the ears first and then if they and if some of their goals involve uh their body or their health this is going to be the perfect place to show up uh because it's it, it, it's going to give you a lot of tips from diet to meal prep uh obviously you know the in the gym stuff the on the field stuff uh i even have some stuff I shot going through specific drills, football stuff for kids. If you're a high school kid, you just, you know, you, if you play, you know, defensive end or running back on positions and you just want some, some quick tips on how to get better. Uh, I got all that for you in there. Cool. And then uh, aside from that, you know, my personal journey with broadcast, you know, my agent called recently and say, all right, let's get, you know, the pandemic's over with let's, 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 let's get back out there and see what's going on and look for some opportunities. So, you know, fingers crossed, hoping that, you know, some things, uh, happen there but uh that's what i love to do like if if i could if i could host first take you know and fill in for stephen a smith <laughs> right, right, right. And they, and you gave me two solid hours with people i think they would enjoy it. i think we'd have some fun i think they would enjoy it too brother i'm telling <laughs> you now um well do i you know like i i'm excited because like i'm like i said earlier when i met you it was just like it was just automatic like you know it's it's I'm excited about like collaborating in the future, uh, and, you know, and, and doing other, other things. And, um, just because again, like I, I just had a blast hanging out with you, like, and, and meeting. Yeah, man, and, that was and, fun. And your uncle is, you know, like, is just epic. And so it's, I'm just looking forward to the future and, and doing a bunch of, doing a bunch yeah. of stuff and stuff. Have you been down to the spot in Florida? I have not, but with that, that is a plan. Uh, you, or, like, no, you gotta go visit them. Well, you, you gotta know, go to, to Casa de Branch. I, 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 I've seen pictures and I'm just like, what the hell, Daryl? What the hell? So yeah. It's a resort. We've done, we've done a couple things with the Florida Panthers. And so we'll probably try to hook up with them again. That's like right, right there. So we'll have to, you know, like hook up. But it, it's definitely a possibility that we'll be going down there for some meetings and stuff. But awesome. And uh, music, what kind of music you like? Oh, great question. So as much as I feel like I have an eclectic musical palette, uh, nine times out of 10, I'm playing hardcore hip hop okay, <laughs> most of the time, cool. right? So I'm going to go through, you know, my favorite artist all time up there. You know, I, I'm a huge Jay-Z guy um, just because of, of how he's pushed the culture oh, yeah. of, of hip hop and what he's been able to achieve. Um, you know, in the, in the booth and out, you know, in the business world, I'm always, I'm always going to put him at the top of the list just because of what he stands for and his lyrical dexterity and skill set. Uh, he's, he, he, he's unbelievable. He he'll, he'll say things in his music sometimes that you won't make sense to you until years later. And you go back and listen to you're it. Like, and you're like, Oh, oh that's what he was talking about. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that was deep. So like stuff like that. Um, I definitely, you know, love R and B. I like to slow things down, you know, 
always gonna love, uh, you know, some some classics, some Motown. You know, I grew up on that. My mom played tons of the classics growing up. She played a lot of Michael Jackson growing up. Um, so I grew up on a lot of MJ. Um, but newer stuff, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of dope new artists uh, that I like. You know, I like Lil Baby. I, I like, uh, I, no, she's not new, but I definitely think Adele's made some nice music. Uh, I'm just kind of throwing out randoms. But <laughs> if, if you go into like my, you know, like my iPod, or they still call them iPods, <laughs> My <laughs> iTunes, like you'll 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 see all type of just random stuff. Um, you know, right right now, like a lot of J Cole's new stuff that just came oh, out. Yeah, Loving yeah. him right now. Um, you know, I love a good concert. I went to Kendrick Lamar's concert when he was in when he was in Columbus a few years back, and it was unbelievable. Um, so, and then I did see Beyonce and Jay Z too. They were they they, they were fantastic. Uh, but I just I enjoy anything that's. Or something that's that's aggressive. I do like that workout stuff, you know, when I'm when I got my headphones in. And I I just enjoy uh listening to talented artists, right? There's a lot of talented artists out there, right? Well cool dude. Um I cannot tell you how much I loved having Jay on the podcast today. Just loved hearing his stories of his football past and you know his, the incredible things he is doing now. Such a positive, inspiring guy. You know, really just a total badass human. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at J underscore Richardson99 or on Twitter at J Richardson99. And again, remember to follow his newest project, The Champ Program. You can find it on Instagram and on Twitter at The Champ Program. A reminder to check out the other podcasts on the Abstract Athlete Network, The Abstract Doctors with Dr. G and Dr. C. And One Man's Ethos, the Tony Mandrich Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Abstract Athlete Podcast. Stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, and our social media outlets for future events, pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information, including daily creative training journals and subscription boxes. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. And as always, do not forget to exercise the body, and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there. You hate this truck, go boys. You made this boy.